Sziasztok mindenkinek! Hello everyone, my name is Christine, and I am the host here at the Hungarian Heritage Podcast, the show where we connect your modern life to your Hungarian heritage. We will build bridges between Hungarians who live in Hungary to those with Hungarian heritage who live in all other parts of the world, not to mention the bridges that we will build between the generations. This podcast is a place where everyone is welcome, where you don't even need to be Hungarian or speak Hungarian to join in on the fun. We will talk about all the things that we love about Hungary, the Hungarian people, and the Hungarian culture, as well as the cool things Hungarian people are doing around the world. We will discover new things, review things you may already know, and we will have a lot of fun along the way. So if you're looking to make that first connection to your Hungarian heritage, or you're looking to dig a little deeper, then you're in the right place. Join me as we grow this community and continue to connect the circles of Hungarians around us. Welcome to this episode of the Hungarian Heritage Podcast. This episode is the second in a series of three episodes about the stories, legends, folklore, and history behind many of the commonly visited tourist sites in Budapest and throughout Hungary. My guest for this series is Amy Almadi, and she is back to discuss some history and folklore that takes place in the month of February. So let's continue, and maybe you will hear about some places that you will be putting on your list for your first visit or your next visit to Hungary next February. Welcome to this episode with Amy Almadi, and she is back for her series about stories behind the places that you visit in not only Budapest, but in Hungary as well. So welcome, Amy. Thanks for being here again today. Thank you, Christina. Hi, everybody. We felt that it was so important to talk about this time of year because Carnival, um, as it's celebrated in lots of places around the world, is also celebrated in Hungary with many different things that I know you're going to tell us about. But it's called Farshang. So tell us how it was celebrated a long time ago, and then we'll go into how it's celebrated now. Okay, then. So Farshang, as we say, it, it is between January 6th, which is the, the day of the Free King's Day, and this is the last day when we give uh, when we have our Christmas tree. And they used to be used to be we try to keep it up in this time. And after that we just take it down and everybody started to get around the Farshang time. Farshang it is came into Hungary maybe 7074, and that one is the ball year of the night. Yeah, this is the ball time. Everybody who listening or watching the TV or Netflix or something like this, maybe you are interested in the Bridger, Bridgerton. I love Bridgerton, <laughs> so you're you're talking to the right person. <laughs> Bridgerton have got this ball season when we, as we know, Daphne was selected to the jewel or the diamond of the, the evening. And this is not a very unusual thing in Hungary as well. So the first time when we have got this, it is from during Maria Theresa. She was the queen of Hungary. She was the empress of the, of the Germanies and also in Austria, the Habsburg emperor. Everybody heard about the Habsburgs. So, ah, yeah, and everybody's know about exactly. maybe one of her, one of her daughters, Marie Antoinette. 
Yes. Because she is one of that. <laughs> yeah, uh, Maria Teresa had 18, adult, 18 children and one of one of us, Maria, Maria Antoinette as well. So the ball season is started in there and we have got three different balls in the, in the past. For one for the nobles, of course it's for the court, one for the common people, and the third one is the masquerade, but that one it needed a very pleasing thing, so we need to get to Maria Teresa's acceptance to get it. And yeah, today maybe Farshangi nowadays for the children, it okay. used to be celebrated in the kindergartens, they used to get customs in there, they used to be dressed up whatever they want, it's Similar like the Halloween, but they not asking treats, not tricking or something like that. <laughs> they just enjoy their time in there inside the kindergarten. It used to be held in February, maybe the early days, sometimes in the middle of the February time. And Martian, it is ended middle February, 40 days before Easter. And the last day, it is the fatty or eating Thursday when the other pe- other people try to get into the maybe the trophy that is a very well-known Hungarian restaurant, and they get a big sale of everybody because you can eat whatever one, but any everything you want because that is the last. It was the last day right. when you would eat, eat mm, meat and very big feast before started to prepare for Easter. Right. So this year, as I remember, it will be end on Valentine's Day. Yes, yes, this year it is. So it is connected to religion in that respect, that it's a celebration right before the Lenten season in the Catholic religion. Yeah, yeah, that is true. That is right. It is, it is like something which is after the big New Year's, it's welcome to the New Year. We try to make a little bit differently as well. And as I remember, everybody was really, really happy about this time because, as I said earlier, this time of the ball season. And ball season was very important for us. Not for not only for us, but for everybody. We have got other food, we have got different food, and we have got other type of customs, for example, and the nobles. Of course, they have their own respectful things, and the common people also have it. So yeah, everybody's like what they had in the common area. And there was some time when the common people tried to get into the nobles' ball, and the nobles was involved in there too. And the nobles can get into the common area, and they just need to pay maybe two or three foreign nowadays it's a little bit silly but yeah that was the price they just by paid it and get ruined to the common people nobody asked anybody where are you from where you are who are you they right. just enjoy themselves so it started out and there still are balls as you said but it started out with you know very separate type of balls but also a feast like the feast that starts you know, the season of Lent. So are there still balls today? Is it celebrated similarly as in the past? Maybe, but for the kids, because nowadays the balls, it's a little bit different. You now we have got the ball, but it is now on the summer day and it is the Anna's ball that okay. is named after a very well-known noble girl whose name was Anna. And she lived in nowadays Furet, Balaton Furet, that right. is a place in Balaton. And they hold it on her name day, because in Hungary we have that name days, that is very differently, and as just the, maybe Poland and Russia is the only other two who have it. 
So name day, it is inside our calendariums. You can check whose name day is on the day. And when it's Anna's day, as I remember, it's for 24th of June, as I remember, they hold the ball. And they have got all of the strict rules that they had before in from these type of balls. The first ball girls need to need to wear in white gowns. They need to check what the day, what the dance rules is, which type of dance they will learning. So yeah, and you need to find a very good partner as well. Because without that, it's not a very big night for you. So, yeah, it is really different now. But, yeah, children really enjoy the time. I remember when I was a child, I was also getting to there. I First, I costumed into a cat. Then I was a witch. Then I was maybe, as I remember, I was a smurf. Yeah. Smurf. Very good. I like that. About what age do kids still celebrate this, where they dress up? Then they stressed up maybe, um, as I remember, it started that when they, in the kindergarten, maybe three or four years. And okay. it's until until seven or eight, so the first or the second grade in the, in the primary school. Right. And after that, they is gone. But the, as I remember, yeah, the teachers in the primary school not really get into it, but the kindergartens, the nannies, and also for yeah. there. They also do that. <laughs> I think that's really cute for that age because, you know, to dress up is a lot of fun, especially when you're a kid. Now, I know that they do have parties that you can go to during this season in Hungary. I did see some online, you know, at restaurants and places like that. So there are celebrations, just not the way they used to celebrate before. So have you ever been to a party as an adult for Farshong? Have any of your friends ever been to one? I, when I was a teenager, I went for some type of parties like this one, and it was very good. As I thought, as I said it earlier, yeah, it is similar to Halloween for the U okay. in the U.S. But yeah, we are really enjoyed ourselves. We are trying to figure out who is looking for who, and we sometimes playing games to try uh, just fold it your eyes and try to figure out who is like who we try to describe the others just few mm -hmm. words and they have, they try to figure out and when they have it they give they get us uh, maybe a don out yeah a don out <laughs> oh, is very good that's popular so having a farshang donut are they generally one style of donut or is it any style of donut no, we have got a special one, which is called is Ribbon out, and it's look like a fluffy big pillow, which is filled with apricot jam. And yeah, everybody is around us, and maybe in Europe too, have got their own tri own type of donuts for this time as well. And everybody have their own story how they invented it, this one. As I remember for our donuts, Firstly, it was thought we it is came from France because okay. there was a ball and Marie Antoinette sneaked out from that mm -hmm. ball night because she really really bored herself and she undercover she was undercover and she went out with her bodyguard but she was very hungry and she saw a bakery which was open but she had that, as I remember she sold out everything she only had that left bread maybe dough, a dough of bread. And she said, please, they made for something for me. It is nighttime, of course. So she's put into the fryer and the hot oil. And it's and it was the donut itself. It came out and it was very sweet. And she's putting some powdered sugar on the top. And that was the first one. But the, if you ask a German, and they thought that there was a baker who died and he left his bakery for her widow, for his widow. And the widow was 
overloaded with the with the people because they used to do that to go into that shop and she was very angry because everybody shouted and yelled where is the food where is the baking one and she gets the dough but she have got in the first under her hand and she tried to and she tried to throw to the people but she missed it and it's landed into the hot oil and that was <laughs> the first time when it's when it's baked it out so everybody have get have yeah. got this story a little bit differently ours it's like a fluffy and puffy one and yeah as i said it's very sweet one and it is around the ribbon style because it is look like a ribbon so and the ring as well so if an engaged pair a couple share the donut during the ball night everybody knew that maybe they get married or maybe a one or two months later because that represented the ring so if they share it that means they will get together as well <laughs> I love all of like the customs and tales behind the symbolism of the donuts. And I think that's pretty cool. And like you said, everybody has different stories of how things came about, you know, how the donuts were made. Was it Marie Antoinette? Was it the widowed bakery owner? I feel like that's the great thing about history and folktales because, you know, there's a lot of versions of how things came about, which was pretty cool. Like I said, Farshang, and like you said, it's celebrated. It's the carnival season. So my next question would be, do families celebrate it like in their homes or only if they have like little kids? With the little kids is uh, more commonly because the kids really enjoy themselves. So sometimes the children who have got small children organize the party as well, like almost like a birthday party, but everybody have to get to customer, customized itself. So yeah, right. it's a custom for the children but they used to do that when I was a kid it was it was so common so yeah I had it and uh, it is usually prepared maybe on the on that day's morning mother made some donuts for the kids sometimes they both it from the bakery as well it is also a common thing and they get together they have got music and yeah dancing and just sharing some sweets for for everyone so yeah it was a common thing but it is for the smaller children as well the teenagers they used to organize themselves for the party right like the like it earlier i guess any excuse to get together with friends dress up when you're younger get together with, you know, your teenage friends and hopefully party appropriately, right? <laughs> and eat donuts, <laughs> which is great. And that's right. Yeah, mm. because also donuts may be represented in the old times. If you eat more and more, you will get more wealth in the later time and it is very good for us. So it was just like the lentil on the first day of January after the New Year's because if you're eating more lentils, you will have that more money. This is why we're eating lentil soup, lentil pudding. Everything is lentil. Maybe yeah. from that one. I, I love and, all that. So that's great. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. at least a lot of these folk traditions are positive things. They're eating it for good luck or wealth or celebrating Farshang. Another topic that we discussed, which is topical in the month of February, because, you know, we're heading towards the middle of winter now. We have our eyes set towards spring. Whether you want to discuss that as far as the calendar or a folk tradition, because here in the U.S. we have Groundhog's Day. 
Um, and the groundhog comes out and if it sees its shadow, doesn't see its shadow, which I don't think is necessarily scientifically accurate. And I know that in Hungary, correct me if I'm wrong, there's something to do with a bear. Is that true? We do the same with the bears. We do yeah. the same with the bears. People gather together, gathering together in the zoo and watching the bear wake up and go and coming out from the cave. And if if they see the birds, maybe the mm, sometimes it's not worth. But yeah, when they say the shadow, that right. means the the spring is near and every everything will be turned more more warmer nowadays or maybe through. <laughs> two or three days later, and if not say the shadow, that means there will be more more um, warming time coming. Yeah, we, we do the same as you do, but with the birds. Um, I live in New Jersey, and there's a you know, famous groundhog called Puxatawney Phil from mm-hmm. the state of Pennsylvania. So it's generally on our local news stations. I imagine around the country as well, they probably do a little clip because it's more of just like a famous folk tradition. Like I said, not necessarily accurate reporting on the weather. I don't necessarily think that we can count on the groundhog or the bear or any other animal that any other country uses, but it's still fun. (laughs) The one other thing that I wanted to talk about is there's a tradition in a specific region in Hungary regarding scaring away the winter. You know, that definitely falls in line with it's not necessarily accurate that that's happening, but it became a tradition. So tell us a little bit about that region and what they do to try and scare away the winter. Yeah, that one is the Busho Yarash or the Busho Walking. Now, that one is a very interesting topic because that is, as to know, that is Mohach. Mohach is under maybe the south part in Hungary and it's very close to Croatia. So during the Turkish time or the Ottoman Empire, when they tried to occupy us, they fled into Mohach and occupied a little bit. The people who lived in there, they just tried to escape from them and they and they escaped through the nearby maybe there is a forest or sometimes it says it is it is like um yeah it's a winter place so they hide in there and right. everybody started to looking out what should we do how they get to get back what they had before so how they get to scare away the turks and one of the other people gathered together and and he told everybody we need to get dressed up very scary we need to carve a very very scary mess from woods and we try to chase them out so they started to do that they started to get wool because they had a very lots of sheep in there and also they had uh, lots of other animals and they have got the woods carving the beautiful and scarier mask what they had and they put them on and they turned into like a monster or something like that and they at the night time when the sun is gone, gone down they run, ran into the village so when they saw them they thought there are monsters demons whatever <laughs> they, they left the left the mohach and the people get to back in there and now that is a tradition as to maybe like yeah to chase away the winter and they try to make the loudest and scariest way as they do they still they commonly do these things for example they both the, the maybe the loudest 
thing in what they have in their hands and they also shouting, yelling, and you are repeatedly shouting the same thing again and again. And also there are some typical common verses and poems what they, what they also tell, and that is a very, mm, not for the under 18 years. Yes, so, inappropriate. Okay. And yeah. They try to feed, they try to really chase away the winter and the nighttime when is the night is coming down. They made a very huge uh, among people gathered together on the on the street and they made a huge fire and bonfire as well. And mm-hmm. they put in there sometimes a coffin, which is okay. uh, which is for the winter, and they put the coffin into the fire as represented. They are the winter is gone, the winter is dead, everything is fine, and everything is done. And they just going through the whole town, and they really enjoyed themselves. And yeah, you can go to Mohaj. Maybe you should booking maybe a one month or two months earlier than it than it will be happen because it's always overcrowded. Right. So, right. Try on November because they are now overloaded. Yeah, that's good advice if you're interested in going to Mohach and experiencing this tradition that you should definitely <laughs> plan in advance. Because even though it's the winter and you don't think that most people travel a lot during the winter, this tradition actually takes place in February. So very important to uh, book ahead for that. Um, it's interesting to me how something historical as far as chasing out people that were occupying Hungary, turned into chasing away the winter, which is pretty cool. I'm wondering where that transition actually happened, you know? So maybe they did it as a celebration each year just to keep celebrating that they were able to chase away the Ottomans, and then it turned into also chasing away the winter. Yeah, that is true because everybody still have this uh, tradition as well because it is remembered for it is a reminder for us what we have done before and what yeah. we had to do before and now yeah it's very good for to chase away the winter as well and yeah it is the burial of the farshang and the winter as well yeah. and also yeah the Mardi Gras maybe we can call it similar or maybe a little bit similar carnival for us. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like I said in the beginning, like a lot of different, you know, places around the world do have like that carnival season that's not only connected to the seasons, but it's also connected to religion because it's the, you know, the end of the Christmas holiday season into the Easter season, which is pretty cool. So February is a fun month in Hungary if you're looking to visit at that time, because there's really great things that you can celebrate when you're there. So I just wanted to Thank Amy. She's given us so many great reasons to visit Hungary. There's already a million great reasons, but all of the information behind the architecture and the places and the spaces, and then things in February, such as Farshang and the Busho Yarash uh, <laughs> celebration in Mohac. Definitely um, a place I know I have on my list to visit. So Amy, I don't think I can thank you enough for giving us all this great information. In this series of three episodes. So thank you so much. So thank you so much to inviting me. And that's it for this second episode in our series with Amy Almady on the Hungarian Heritage Podcast. Thanks for joining me today. And I hope you enjoyed all of the history and folklore that Amy had to share with us. I know that I learned a few new things and I hope that you did too. We will be back very soon with the third episode. So stay tuned. 
Also, don't forget to check the show notes for this episode to find out how you can connect with Amy Almady. If you have feedback or questions about today's episode, or you would like to connect with me at the podcast, you will also find my email, social media information, and podcast website in the show notes. If you've enjoyed this episode and you're interested in learning more about the Hungarian heritage community that we are building, please don't hesitate to reach out. I would love to hear from you. Our theme music is Hungarian Dance by Pony Music, used with special license from Envato Market. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcast so we can continue to connect our modern lives with our Hungarian heritage and grow this Hungarian heritage community. Until next time, goodbye everyone. Sziasztok mindenkinek!